got a t-shirt with bloodstains all over it, maybe laundry isn't your biggest problem right now. <laughs> I remember the day the candle shop burned down. Everybody just stood around and sang happy birthday. And a security guard came over and said, you're gonna have to move, you're blocking the fire exit. As though if there was a fire, I wasn't gonna run. <laughs> You make love to the right woman. Johnny is beautiful, beautiful. I mean, the last time I made love to my wife, it was ridiculous. <laughs> Nothing was happening. I looked her, I saw it's the matter. Can't you think of anyone either? <laughs> I never learn, you know? Like a waitress will bring my meal. Hey, enjoy your meal, you too! But you don't have one, do you? I'm a doofus! If you do eat, enjoy when you eat it. If you have a break or something later, if you get an opportunity, that's all I'm trying to say. That's all that I'm driving at, really. Hello, welcome to Comedy Think Tanked, a podcast with Leonard Kimball and Nick Gordon, two comedians who know how to take a drink and have a thought. Sit back, get comfortable, and enjoy. Now, whether they're ready or not, here's your hosts, Leonard and Nick. Hello and welcome to the Comedy Think Tanked podcast. I'm Nick Gordon with Leonard Kimball. Hello, Nick. How are you? Good, 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 good. Oh, so good? So good. Okay. I just want to make sure. So good. Are you tanked yet? Uh, I'm a little bit tanked. Nice. Uh, I'm hanging out at Crap Room Underground. Sad for 6.20 on a Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> little peek behind the curtain uh-huh, uh-huh, for, uh-huh, for uh-huh, listeners there. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, actually, it's uh, it's Saturday at 11 p.m. Uh, yes. It's dark enough down here to be that way. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's uh, what's new with you? Uh, well, um, let's see. I've been doing a lot of business networking. Mm. Um, and I appreciate that. I really do. Yeah. It's fun. I used to do it before when I was a IT consultant. Yeah. And it was part of my job. Yeah. And now I figure I should... I'm still in the same community, so I might as well do it as part of my yeah. job, my other job. And more a, fun job. Yeah, it's certainly more fun. Yeah. Uh of uh running the river comics. Yeah. Beautiful. So it's um it's it's busy work. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of it's like a lot of shaking hands and mm-hmm. smiling at people and kind of like running for mayor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> people have asked me to run for mayor. Well, maybe you should. Yeah. But anyway, um, <laughs> You 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 did a meeting this morning and uh, you had a, had to give a speech. How did that yeah, go? Yeah, business networking uh, group and yeah, I gave a speech and it was like a, a ten minute presentation. I wrote this, I wrote like little bullet points and I made a PowerPoint. And I've I've never actually built a PowerPoint. When 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 is it that a that a PowerPoint becomes powerful? Is what I want to know. <laughs> at, at what at what point is it powerful? Uh, well, I got my point across. People laughed. And, that is powerful. Uh, people appreciated what I was doing. So yeah. I mean, I'm an IT guy, but I've never actually made a PowerPoint. That's so weird. You until... invented PowerPoint, but yet you can't. <laughs> it's like I, I always struggle with just the, uh, when it gets to slideshow mode, like how do I get it to the next slide? Oh, and so... It makes me nuts. Like, cause it's, 
it, it, I think it really is just clicking <laughs> next slide, right? Yes. <laughs> oh my God. What I discovered was the animation of like how to bring in pictures. Cause all I did was just have a bunch of pictures in the, in each slide and I can make the clicker, make that picture just sort of appear on the stage on, on the, on the slide and mm -hmm. it sort of swoops Ooh. in. And yeah, it was fantastic. Not to get too far afield, but, uh, I was at a conference one time for my real job and, um, Somebody was giving a presentation, <clears throat> and part of the PowerPoint uh, shifted over to a porn video. <laughs> and, oh, really? and I feel as though that's a, that's a common story that happens in more than people would like to admit. What? No, it's not. I, I feel like it should be. I mean, you're, all, you're on your computer, you're in the hotel room, no one else is around. You're like, <laughs> oh, my God, what am I going to do now? Oh, I know. Oh, I guess but then I, how I, it gets into someone's PowerPoint... <laughs> could go work out. It could go work out, yeah. <laughs> Do you find that as an actual? Yes. Like you. Thank you very much. Yeah, you, every time I go to a hotel, actually. You jerk yeah. off? No. <laughs> oh, you use the gym. You use yes. the gym. Oh, yes. Like, no matter what the weather is, I always bring, like, you know, athletic shorts and sneakers and T-shirts and stuff like that to, to use the actual gym. You don't pack lightly. How, how many times have you gone on a trip to a hotel and not used the gym? Not worked out. Well, well, what percentage? Well, lots. Okay. Yeah. All right. Since uh, well, let's since go becoming an adult. Yeah, I was gonna say during my adult life. Uh, let's see. Not use the gym. Like assuming a gym existed. First yeah. Of all. Sure. Okay. Of course. Okay. Uh, percentage wise, not use the gym. I say, if I'm honest, fifty percent. Okay. Fifty percent. Would you have more fun on the other 50% of your trips if you just didn't bring your gym clothes and just like went? No. You wouldn't? Oh, no, okay. actually not. Right. Uh, I actually like working out. It yeah, sucks. no, I do too. I, I, yeah, I, I don't do it. A, I, don't I like do it breaking enough. a sweat. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Interesting. That's part of my real life persona. Yeah. Like I, I do enjoy working out. I do enjoy being quasi-athletic. <laughs> I've never been super athletic uh, growing up, but like that's who I am. But, I, you know, I don't... I don't think I bring that to the stage necessarily. There's a comedian out in San Francisco, and if he ever comes back to Maine, Chad Opitz is his name. Okay. Um, and he's very physical on stage. Like, he does a fucking somersault during oh, one of his bits. Jesus. It's insanity. Okay. You know, and I saw him a few years ago at Bullfini's, and he did that. And we're all just sitting there going, like, what the hell is this? Is this how comedy's <laughs> supposed to be performed, San Francisco? We My goodness. A, we got a stretch or something. Yeah, no, and he's, he's not. I mean, he looks similar to us. Like, he's not... <laughs> Super athletic. Um, Speak for yourself. Yeah. Okay. We're gonna do a weigh-in after this. <laughs> no, but there's a, there's a difference, right, between who you are as a person, who you are on stage, and who you are on social media. And our guest today, Lloyd Sharp. Yep. Uh, I can't think of all his nicknames that he calls himself. The legacy. The legacy, and and uh, uh, no, something, there was something else. Shoot, sorry, Lloyd. Those are like hashtags or like. Yeah, he's yeah. got all these different things though going, yeah. but that's Res who respect he respect the ladies. Yeah, that's yeah. who he is in real life though. Like he's yeah. posting about it on Inst Instagram and Facebook like continuously. I don't think he. I don't think the guy has ever had a real job in his life according to social media. Mm -hmm. But you know, he's doing that on social media. He's actually, you know doing it in real life he's like that's who he is in real life and then that's who he's on stage like yes. it all melds together amazingly whereas most of us are just like you know an it yeah. guy during the day <laughs> or me or some you know someone's a yeah the first time I, I met him uh the first time i met him face to face was a show i think we booked him on here at, at crap around the ground and when uh he got here early he got here crazy early 
uh, because of bus schedules or whatever. Yeah. And I'm I'm chatting with him, and I was like, oh, he sounds like who he is, like what I listen <laughs> to of his clip or whatever, or like a or a, an Instagram. Like, like, yeah, that's that's him. That's yep. Lloyd. That's he's. <laughs> True and then he gets on stage and he's like, oh, yeah, he's still the same guy. That's like a, it yeah. seems like a continuation of the conversation I had with him <laughs> 15 minutes before he got on stage. That's a pretty, that's a pretty unique attribute to have as, yeah. a, as a, as a person in real life and as a comedian to like be able to be consistent like throughout and how liberating that must be. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I mean, I got, I have jobs where I don't. I don't want people. <laughs> I don't do this. I'm not the same persona. Yeah. Uh, at work as I am on stage. I 100%. can't. Get, I mean, I try to joke sometimes on at work, but it'll like get you I, in trouble. I'll get a laugh, and sometimes you're like, "Oh no, we don't want to joke about this." Yeah. 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 yeah absolutely. Uh, I mean, it, it, I realistically at my job, like I really do try to keep to myself. Yeah. You know, and I in the past I I let out too much of my own personal life, and it wasn't good. So. You know, now it's like, okay, I'm going to keep everything close to the vest and I'm not going to give you the Nick that I give you on stage or the Nick that I give you as a, as a friendship that you and I have or in yeah. a relationship or anything like that. Like, that's just not going to happen. I mean, I, I guess it stands to reason. That makes sense. Uh, I guess so. It's just, it's about like where, whether or not you need those worlds bleeding into each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't necessarily need. No. I mean, I'm sure I want. I want our business to be successful. Sure. So I occasionally invite people from work to yeah. our shows. Yeah. Uh, but I don't necessarily need them to think of me as a comedian. No. Right. No. I, and I think maybe it's better off that they don't. But at the same time, you know, there are some people that treat this like a job as well as, you know, their real job. And well, it is a job. It is sure. a job. Yeah. yeah. I was but. just telling my wife the other day. <laughs> she she gave me a little bit of a little bit of crap about like uh, my speech much time doing comedy stuff or business uh, net, yeah. business networking and everything and I, and I said like um, well it is it is a job it's 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 my other job yeah. and she's and she's like yeah is it though <laughs> <laughs> there is money being exchanged I'm like yes <laughs> and, and you know the other, the yes. other aside from the money there are people who count on this to ha- to have this space and to have these shows and you know. oh yeah that's one of the things i brought up in my networking group mm-hmm. i like i talked about how what are the ways we're different from other comedy production companies and i said we we give uh stage time to people who are Amateur and semi-professional comedians who may not get other stage time elsewhere. Sure. Uh, and we're still booking legitimate national headliners at the same time, but like they might not be a, have a chance to perform. Yeah. If yeah. it weren't for the you know shows we're doing around the area. Yeah, absolutely. Like, and it's 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 fun. I mean, it's a uh, it's not a we're not making anybody rich. We're not getting rich from it either. That's for sure. <laughs> but it's it's so much fun, and it feel it's a it's a small business that like I'm so happy that we started together. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, I love the I love what we're doing, and I love the laughs that we're we're bringing to people. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. Whether or not they're true to themselves on stage or off, or right, <laughs> <laughs> vice versa. Yeah, yeah, it's it's fun to watch, and uh, it's fun to be a part of, and you know, I I enjoy people like Lloyd. Yes, I really do. I, I'm so happy to have been able to meet someone like him and others too. That you know, it's like wow, these are great people, and there's no other way I would have ever run into them or come cross paths with them, you know, aside from comedy and what we're doing here. So, right, it's a pretty good thing, regardless of anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So with that, let's uh, let's send it over to our 
interview with Lloyd Legacy Sharp. Thank you, everyone. All right. Well, welcome to the Comedy Think Tank podcast. We're here uh, interviewing our guest today, uh, known as, uh, well, among other things, Respect the Ladies, Lloyd Legacy Sharp, the human cartoon, Mr. Lloyd Sharp himself. Welcome, Lloyd. Hello. Hi. It's good to have you. What's going on? Well, I was asked to do a podcast for <laughs> Think Tank Crew slash River Comics slash uh, Maynard's. And I'm like, that's worth uh, getting to Maine around 5 p.m. on a Friday night. Is it tough to get here from Boston on a Friday night? It's not as tough as it would be if I was driving. Yeah, that's true. You would have to leave at that's 5 That's the fun part. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Just like, gonna, you taking a bus? Yeah, I took the bus straight from the South Station. Okay. So letting them deal with the headache is just like, it's, it's better. That is nice. That's cool. That's actually a true thing. I mention it often in my, uh, in my stand-up that, I've, that I don't own a car because I don't live in Dorchester anymore. If I lived in Dorchester, there'd be a place to park it. They steal it, but there's parking. <laughs> I do live in the South End where there is legitimately no way to park. And the way I get around now is a lot easier than trying to own a car in that neighborhood. Saves you money, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And on a comedian's salary. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. It's important to budget. Uh, that's the first question I have for you. Is comedy uh, your job? Because it seems like from social media, comedy might be your job because you post, I don't know, every 35 seconds or so. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, comedy is not my job, okay. unfortunately. I do, I do, I am the information center of a lot of the groups, so I am, whenever I find something that might, I feel might be relevant, I try to share it out. I actually post more in the comedy groups than I do on my own page. Yeah. Which is... That's probably why I see it, because we're, we're all in like these, these comedy groups and whatnot, mm -hmm. and so yeah. it seems like it's very uh, ubiquitous, but... Uh, right. And if you look at my actual page, it's like, Lloyd said something five hours ago. <laughs> <laughs> is he alive? <laughs> Where's Lloyd? <laughs> But no, I've been doing comedy for five years and how many months until June? Uh, five years and 10 months, I think. Yeah, yeah give or take. Yeah, okay. so I, I, I particular, because like, oh, you haven't done six years unless it's the exact day. So no, I, <laughs> five years and until June. What and you, Okay, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I'm going to say, and it's not something that I am paid for very often, and that's okay, because I... Didn't, I don't do this to get paid. If I did, I wouldn't be doing it. <laughs> Pay is a luxury at this point, but it's like I'm not like that full-time, you know, headlining, you know, tra I'm, like, I'm, I'm not there yet. And that's okay because I have a life outside of comedy that I'm not ready to abandon for yeah. comedy yeah. just ever. But if you could, would you? Uh, <laughs> for, for, for this? Uh, I mean, <laughs> I, I'd give more time, Yeah, but abandon for family and friends and uh, playing Michael Jackson in New Hampshire to, for uh, an entertainment business that's all about the business more than the actual entertainment factor, which is why people like me wouldn't get ahead. No, no, I'm good. Okay. <laughs> that's fine. So, uh, so you play Michael Jackson. I was just going to say, let's not gloss that over <laughs> since you brought it up. And we'll get back to the comedy talk because it is the Comedy Think Tank podcast. We'll get back to oh, the more. Sh the, sh the shades are going up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this is an audio podcast, right? I do. Okay. Now, now it just feels right. It feels okay. There you go. All right. Okay. Tell, tell us about being Michael Jackson. So for those who are listening, which is all of you because it's audio, Lloyd just put his <laughs> shades on and is now in full mood. For the record. Uh, yeah. So there's this 
Michael Jackson attraction act that I've been doing in New Hampshire since 2017. Wow. And I and and, I, and as of this year, I now also do it in Boston on certain nights at the Midway Cafe during uh, karaoke. Certain nights, not every Thursday, because sometimes I have things to do. Yeah. But other than that, I don't know. I I said five years. It's five years now. I said day one to the DJ and the head bartender who co-conspired to create this thing. I'm like this, this isn't going to last, you know. It's <laughs> it's going to be dead on, it's going to be dead on arrival. This is not going to last a week. Okay. It didn't last a week. It lasted five more years. Jeez. <laughs> I'm actually doing it a week from today for the first time since December uh, on the 29th. Okay, so I, I, here, here's, here's, here's how it happened. Yeah, descri okay, describe the yeah, act. Here's also. how it happened. So okay. I've been doing Michael Jackson as a dancing style since 1994. And it's a, something I did for exercise when I was younger, and it's something I just enjoyed doing. It got me outside. It, 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 it saved me a lot of money on Planet Fitness memberships <laughs> by actually just doing that every day instead of <laughs> going to the gym. And so in 2017, one day I am doing, I did a little, like, a little dance during, like, I was doing You Rock My World. And I did a little dance number in the middle of it, and the owner apparently saw and like, hey, that kid's got some energy. He's 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 got he's got some he's got some presence there. We should we should we should get him to lean into that. And so for the next like several for the next couple of months, like the the, the staff and the parents like, hey, Lloyd, man, you you want to you want to you want to. It sounds weird the way I'm gonna say it, but they didn't mean it like this. Nope. All right, what did they say? <laughs> they didn't say. Do you want to do a little more dancing for us? They, they didn't say that. They didn't say that. Okay. But the general consensus of what they were trying to do was get me to lean into more of that entertaining performer like thing that they saw me do during your Rock My World in the summer. And I'm like, I'm just another karaoke person. I'm just I'm like everybody else. Don't exalt me. Don't make me special. Don't do that. If I want to do a dance or whatever, I'll I'll do a dance because I want to because it's my right. Not this is in the 40s, and. <laughs> But if I do it, I want to do it because it's fun, not because, you know, not because I want to be seen as more than. So yeah. here comes our Halloween uh, head bartender, Ben Kelly. Hi, Ben, if you're listening, <laughs> says, uh, hey, Lloyd, I got a costume for you. I wanted you to compete in the contest. I'm like, OK, what costume is it? Well, we got a glove and it's a hat. And, and I'm like, oh, what, what, what is it? What are you trying to do? I'm like, no, 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 nothing. We're just, we just want you to compete in the contest. Are you sure that's all you want? I, I'm, we're, we're, we're positive that's all we want, Lloyd. <laughs> So I go into the contest, which, and there's videos of this night online, and I should have known by the reaction that I got that it was probably not going to die that night. But I'm like, this is, I, uh, you're not, this is not, I, yeah, it was fun. I had, I enjoyed it, sure, they, but this, 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 it, this, it can't last. It cannot last. I'm glad, I'm, I appreciate you doing that, and I know what you were trying to do. Oh, if Lloyd performs in a costume, he'll, he'll see that the people are in, into it, and then he's going to want to hashtag give the people what they want, which is a rule of mine. <laughs> they didn't say that. Uh, I found out later that's exactly what happened. Uh, the head bartender and, and, and Ben himself all came clean. Yep, that's what we did. We, we were trying to get you to lean into it. But that's how it started. And five years later, it's still a thing. So, so they tricked you into it, essentially? Or did you, did you secretly like, want to do it? I, I knew what they were doing. Uh, yeah. But, like, okay, once I saw how the crowd reacted, yeah. I knew that it wasn't a crazy idea. Like they were into it. Like they actually liked it. So I knew that it was good for the room and I love entertaining. So I didn't, I didn't mind it. I just didn't think it was going to last beyond that night. But then, and I said that before I did Billie Jean and Thriller 
in the gimmick. And then I heard the crowd reaction and, and, and people are already saying, when is this coming back? When is this coming back? And I'm like, okay, I get it. So they didn't trick me into it. I already knew what they were yeah, doing, even yeah. though the, but I didn't think it was going to last until I figured out that it would. It somehow lasted past everything, including the documentary. The what now? <laughs> <laughs> bup, bup, bup. The, do- the documentary? Yeah. Remember that whole thing that came out? Uh, so, I, oh, oh, yeah. yeah. I thought they made a documentary about no, you. No, no, they, oh, no, okay. no, no, they didn't. Oh, no, 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 <laughs> no. I, 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 I actively tried to kill the gimmick around the time that, that that yeah, came out. Yeah, now, yeah, now yeah. obviously, things have come out about that documentary right. since that it's kind of delegitimized it. But at the time, it's like, I don't want to bring br- bad press to this building. And, but, and as so I come in as myself, first thing somebody says, Where's Michael? Uh, where's Michael? I'm like, are, did you have, have you watched HBO? Do you know who Oprah is? No, no, no. Where's Michael? Where's Michael? I'm like, oh, okay, New Hampshire. You you do live free or die. Like, cool, fair, and it's still a thing. Interesting. So Interesting. that's my like other on stage life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's giving the people what they want. Yes. Okay. And I didn't know how bad they wanted it until <laughs> they got it. And that was before or after you started doing comedy? That was after I started actually. Okay. Uh, I actually got better. I was good at that before I was good at comedy. All right. <laughs> I didn't get my first comedy gig until about a year and a half after Michael Jack- Michael Legacy Jackson debuted. Okay. When you were performing as Michael Jackson, uh, did did you do any jokes or did you stay no, true to the just, character? Yeah, my yeah. Michael Legacy Jackson, which is what the other persona is known as now, and my and me as the comedian, two different things. I okay. do, I do, I do my best to keep Michael. I mean, I did do, I did bring it to Midway Cafe during during Halloween, Midway the Highway, yeah. uh, Angela Sawyer's mic. I brought it there for the Halloween theme, but on on general, I do everything I can to keep that and comedy in separate space. This is the reason why I never appear at a comedy show as Michael Legacy Jackson because he doesn't do jokes. He's a music, right, he's a music right, right. act. Makes sense. I'm a comedian, so unless you want Michael Legacy Jackson to open for your comedy show then there's no reason for me to really merge the two. Right. That makes sense. Okay. All right. <laughs> we, we keep ending up with these very multi-talented individuals. <laughs> it's fun, though. I like it. I like it. When comedy gets too much and starts stressing me out and people are being assholes and I don't like the way women are right. being phantom, I'm like, you know, I'm going to New Hampshire. Which is a weird thing to say, but there's a reason for it. <laughs> so I've been on this uh, this two year search for someone to teach me how to do the moonwalk. Could, mm. you, could you actually teach me how to do it? I could try. Okay. It's uh, yeah, I could try to. All right, after we're done, yeah. you, you it, it wouldn't be the first person to ask me how to do how to show them how to do. But you walk. can do it. I can do it, but the thing is, to do it right, you need the right surface and the right shoes. That's the first thing. Uh, that's your mistake right there. When a lot okay. of people now, some people are just so swift and smooth they can do it in sneakers on on pavement. Okay. I spent years doing it in loafers and in dress shoes on on surface. Okay. So that's how I know how to do it. I can't do it in sneakers. I'll yeah. admit that I never learned that. I know how to do it in in dance shoes. So I can sh- I can show you I can show you the put pressure here, slide at this point. I can, I can, I can, t- I can tell you okay. the how to do it. I just can't show you in these shoes. All right, but sure. I can tell you the, you know, the, the, the geometrics of the moonwalk. Is that a thing? Uh, probably, yeah. <laughs> sure. I am I, not I, a dancer. I don't know if you can tell by looking at me. But <laughs> I, can I, tell. I don't assume things by how people look. No, of course not. Of course uh, even not, though we are in Maine. Yeah, well. <laughs> I have nothing to say to that. <laughs> All right, cool. After the podcast, teach yeah. me, please. I just right. meant by how fat I am. 
I mean, <laughs> actually, there was a video of a, a real fat guy dancing uh, recently, and now we're going down some weird. Rikishi hole. was fat. Yeah, sure. He danced yep. all night. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> fat people can't dance. It's white I men know, can't I jump. Know. Not fat that's people what, can't that's dance. That's what it was. Yeah, come that's on, what, get the stereotype I'm right. Sorry. And even Larry Bird could get a little bit up there. So <laughs> even that's not true. Mm-hmm. Larry Bird was an all right basketball player. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's fine. Just, just, just barely. You got by. Are you, a, are you a Celtics fan? They're in the playoffs right now. Yes. Okay. Huge Celtics fan. Nice. Uh, not as, not enough of a fan to want to throw Kyrie Irving down the escalator in front of the garden, but definitely a fan. <laughs> definitely a fan. What? Oh, oh, you haven't heard. Pe- pe- oh, yeah. did he like the like he like the they're, audience? They're, oh. uh, they're Kyrie Irving and the Celtics fans are in a bit of a rivalry right now, having, and, a, uh, having a tiff. Yeah. yeah okay. And I, 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 I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm not. Big on what Kyrie did, like I'll, 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 you know, if he, I'll, I'll, yeah, boo, screw you. But I, I don't think I want to. I don't, I don't want to. I don't want to kill him. Like no, some, like no. some fans seem to want to do right now. Oh. It's just a game, right? I mean, at the end of the day, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And that's the thing. As a Boston sports fan, the worst thing about Boston sports is Boston sports fans. <laughs> <laughs> I have not forgiven us for what we did to Bill Buckner. I have not forgiven us. Well, they welcomed him back, though. That was we forgave him <laughs> after the World Series for what? For after we won a World Series, yeah. which, which, what did? What, what are we forgiving him for? Uh, for botching a play that wasn't even the end of the series when yeah, it happened? Yeah, no, it's a valid. Point. That's the thing. If if the series ended there, mm-hmm. okay, fine. Yeah, I and even I wouldn't have like drove him to freaking Arizona like like the rest of us did. But I'd be like, you know, okay, fine. I get what, but. Much like the Steve Bartman incident, yep. that wasn't even it. We had a we, we had a game seven after the Bill Buckner game. We were up three nothing in that game seven. If we made if we had won that game, which we could have done because we were up three nothing and right. three nothing is a lot right. to win by, mm-hmm. we would have not been talking about what Bill happened to oh, Bill Buckner. Man. We would have talking about beating the, the freaking other team in the series where Bill Buckner botched the ball. Yes, but it's, it's just it's just too bad that it's all Buckner's fault. <laughs> Leonard's from Chicago. He has no idea what we're talking about. Wait, 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 wait. You're from Chicago? Steve Bartman. You're, that, is, you, that doesn't you, help. Your Bill Buckner is your Bill Buckner is Steve Bartman. If anybody doesn't know who Steve Bartman is, Steve Bartman is a freaking guy with glasses who was sitting on the side of the freaking field during a very crucial moment oh, when the, when, during the Cubs World Series. Yeah. When the Cubs were about to win the World Series, much okay. like we were going to in 86, yep. and Bartman reached over when the fielder was going to grab the ball, and if Bartman didn't interfere with the play, uh-huh. the fielder might have caught the ball, and the game would have been over about that point. Yeah. Thing is... There was still more baseball to play after that, so yeah. even that was not uh, Steve Buckner. Well, wow. they, they had to like escort that, that guy out of yeah, there. Right? They, yeah, they, they were going to. He's in oh. witness protection now. Like, yeah. They were going to harm him, uh-huh. and that's the thing. I if if that was the end of the series, even for Chicago, if that was the end of the series, I don't think we should have reacted that way over sports. Right. It's not like they burned the freaking United Center to the ground, but I get it. I get why they're mad, but there was another, there was a whole other inning, whole other freaking more baseball to play, and they could have won, and they didn't. Bill Buckner botched the ball. We were up three nothing. We blew it. So okay. that tangent being, right? Boston <laughs> sports fans are the worst part of Boston sports. <laughs> ask you can't ask Bill Buckner; he's dead. No, but no. when he was alive, you could ask Bill Buckner. That's true. We did that. <laughs> I was, no, was going to say something awful. No, <laughs> don't, don't say anything awful because. Okay. Because we have some Boston listeners, right? I'm sure we have some Boston. We I'm, might I mean, after having Lloyd on. No, oh, yeah. Boston, Boston listeners know it. I, I, I'm not saying anything about the Red Sox fans that they don't already know. And, and as a person who lives right around the corner from Fenway for the past 20 years, yeah. I've seen them at their best and worst. 
I don't want to go to a Red Sox game. I'll just listen to it from outside. I don't want to pay for going to a Red Sox game. No, so. you don't. Oh, no. <laughs> if Goodness. you can get tickets. If you can get tickets. Yeah. Oh, man. Parking no. or whatever. Really? expensive. Oh, man. That was a hell of a tangent. Yes, it was. <laughs> Why don't I let the host ask me some questions now? Because I've pretty much taken over their no, show. No, no, no. This, this is how we like it. We just It's just a conversation. Right, let's about, talk about, let's talk about uh, cricket now. Cricket? Something. Oh, do you know anything about cricket? No. no. <laughs> and I'll keep it that way. Oh, I know they're a phone. They have a phone service. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's right. and a couple of people might have a stick with it. Uh-huh. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Let's get back to comedy, though. Yes. So you started a little over five years ago, mm-hmm. almost six. Uh, what got you started into comedy? What was the thing that you said, like, oh, I need to get up there and I need to talk into a microphone all by myself and try to make this group of people, this room of people laugh at something I have to say? Funny thing, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. If I, I don't know why people let me do it. I just got there and did it. My first time at an open mic was at the Winter Circle to watch Jay DeMille. Ah, oh, because okay. I met Jay before I started doing comedy. They were already my like we were we were already friends. You know, before I even knew before I even knew there was an open mic scene. Yep. And I was and they went to do an open mic once and and I'm in the crowd being and you both have seen me how I am when I'm not on stage. I'm a fan. Yeah. And so Dave Radigan, who's the host of the Winter Circle then and now, came up to me and after afterwards, I think it was between him and I think I think Josh Day might have had a, 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 a thought about it, but it was Dave who came up to me and said, "Hey, Lloyd, you got a lot of energy. You want to go up next week?" I'm like, "No, I'm not. I don't want to go. I don't want to do that. I'm just <laughs> I'm just here to watch and support Jaden Mule. They're here. I'm, I'm just. Are you sure you don't want to go up? I am sure. I'm just here to watch Jaden Mule. Well, we signed you up. You're up next week. Yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> And that's how I became a comedian. That's all it takes. Now, unlike a lot of people who have at least an idea that they want to do it, even if they don't know what they're doing or how to be good at it, they at least know going in that they that that's what they want to do, and they <laughs> yeah. have they have some idea of you know punchlines, setups. They 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 know the, the general. I had none of that. I'm like, all right, what have I said on Twitter for the last five years? <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, what did you do to prepare for that first open mic? I I went on Twitter. Literally went on Twitter, okay, and I pulled just I pulled like thirty five tweets that I, from like from two thousand and ten up until two thousand and sixteen. Oh, from your own feed, my own feed. Oh, yeah. that's good because yeah, you like, just went on somebody else's feed, bro. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. I've said like I've been told by a lot of people before, you know. Maybe since 2011, you should be a comedian. You should be. I'm like, no, that takes time. That takes time. No, I, I no, but. Be, there's a reason people told me that, and a lot of those reasons can be found on Twitter. That's back when I actually used it. Since I became a comedian, not so much. But I pulled like <laughs> 35, I think it was like 35, 40 tweets from just like, I just, I just, I just, I, I scout, I spent the entire week from just scouring like my entire Twitter feed as far back as maybe 2012. Okay. Wow. And I just tried to pull, like, I, I, I looked through ones that, like, funny ones that were like short, that would, you know, just, I, I had no idea what this was i'm just like you know what and I, this I, so i just i took like i took 10 of them yeah 10 out of 35 i pieced them together in some kind of list uh-huh. and i did my best to I, I i i i put the list on one note and i just i put it on a big screen for like three days and i just re- i just read it and rehearsed it for like three days leading up to the winter circle and then i i, I memorized it at least so when i got there i just recited tweets from 
from 2012 so, to 2016. And were they like one-liners, or were you actually tell like little little stories? They were most of them were one-liners. The, the one that got the biggest laugh in the room that, that night actually was, and again, this is this is I, I said this in like 2013 or something, so it, it sounds terrible now. But it was like the. The one, the one, the first one I sent. I'm like, someone asked, "Hey, did you, uh, did you catch Fox News?" I said, "Yeah," and I threw it back. <laughs> <laughs> Which again, that's an old. Yeah. Tw- it was a joke, but it was a joke on Twitter. Uh-huh. They were more, they were more or less to that. They weren't all one-liners, but they were more or less like you know a set, a, a sentence and a half. Yeah. I chose the shortest because you only have five minutes. So I'm like, right, and, yeah, and, yeah. and again, I, even then, I, I, I didn't get, I didn't understand the light, everything that I basically know now and, and frowned at other comics for not doing. <laughs> I was them. That's a lot. That's a lot of work though for your first open mic set. Like I, yeah. I don't think I've ever worked that hard for any set, let alone. <laughs> well, I mean, that's the thing. Like at, yeah. the, at the time, like I had no concept of like what the, sure. the, the tier was. So I'm like, I thought that, you know, I knew that an open mic wasn't a showcase, but I also didn't know how important an open mic was or wasn't. Sure. So I just treated yeah. it as this is the first time I'm going to do comedy on a stage. I better bring something. Exactly. Yeah. Right, right, right. And okay. so, and now that night, and I have it on DVD. <laughs> of course. <laughs> the Winter Circle has DVDs. Oh, yeah. out, and I, so I, I, every now and then I go back and I, it, it didn't go terribly. <laughs> Which, which, which again, like I, it should have been horrible. Yeah. It should have been like, but again, I, I wouldn't believe that it didn't go terribly if I didn't go back every now and then to compare my first set to what I do now for, for, for studying purposes. Yeah. It didn't go terribly. It got oh. Dave Rand again to say, you should, yeah, you should keep on doing yeah, this. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, cool. That's what it, that's all, that's all you need, right? You need that mm-hmm. one person to say like, actually that wasn't that bad. You might not have thought that was good. Right. Some other people in the room might not have thought it was great, but if that one person who has, uh, there was something there. Yeah, that special like relationship with it. Now yeah. here's yeah, here's where it went from there, because what I had on Twitter was all I had as far as joke writing. Right. Everybody always said Lloyd has stage presence. Lloyd knows how to get people to pay attention to him. He has that. Yep. Which apparently I've always had, even to this day. But if you don't have jokes, then your stage presence means nothing. Yeah. Like it, if you, you yeah. can get people to look at you, you can make, you can command the attention. But if you're not, if if you have nothing to say, then it's just a speech. Exactly. So once I ran out of Twitter jokes <laughs> from 2012 to 2016, then I had to start learning how to write. Sure. The Twitter era. Yeah, okay. exactly. Uh, once I because I because I realized that like <laughs> copying copying my tweets into my open mic set was only going to get me so far. Eventually, and again, this again, this is somebody who did not know anything about what comedy was going into it. Let's I, back up though. Did did you watch comedians? Did you? know what stand-up comedy was i knew what stand-up comedy was just a fan of it i was yeah, just a fan exactly yeah. pretty much more or less what i am now a fan who often who gets to perform sometimes <laughs> cool yeah but like when you put me in the shoes of the ones i grew up watching and i have no idea what i'm doing who, who'd you grow up watching uh, not to get off on a tangent again but prior yeah murphy yeah. steve martin Dane Cook in 2006 and only in 2006. <laughs> um, He's our next guest, actually. <laughs> uh, Dangerfield, yeah. uh, Godfrey. Um, Rest in peace. Sarah Silverman. Um, New Hampshire native. Mm-hmm. Maybe she's seen you do Michael Jackson. <laughs> you never know. She came in and said, what the fuck's this? And walked out. Um, it's a pretty distinguished list, though. Like that's some really good comedy to be. I I will be up on Mitch Hedberg as well. Oh, nice yeah. and Lewis Black. Yep, absolutely. Now I will mention this, and look, 
if anybody says that they didn't enjoy before they knew <laughs> Bill Cosby, they'd be lying. So I can't go back and listen. I can't. I can't view him the same way I did. But if I'm talking about who I grew up on, yeah, yeah. right, of course. If I said I didn't grow up on Bill Cosby as a comedian, I'd be lying. So, so I, I've been collecting comedy records recently, old comedy records, and I came across a Bill Cosby one. Mm-hmm. Why is there air? Yes, and I've listened to it just recently, and it's actually pretty good. <laughs> see, here's, see, here's the thing. But I mean, he was a really good that, comedian. That's, that's the problem. Like, yeah. I I can't sit here and condone. I mean, me of all people, the shirts I walk around in. I can't. <laughs> I know. I can't condone what Bill Cosby did, and that's why I, I even I, last time I was here, uh, I I made a joke about Bill Cosby about about, about alibi being about as going over as well as Bill Cosby at the Winter Rice Convention. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not really into him the way I was, but objectively, yeah. He was good at what he did. Yeah. It doesn't him being good at what he did doesn't make what he did when he stopped doing what he did okay. Right. But to say he was a bad comedian because he's a shitty human being is something that as a person who grew up on him, I'd be lying if I said that. Right. I know, but I know there are some people where it's like, you know, well, they did a bad thing, so they're terrible at their job. No, they did a bad thing and I don't listen to them anymore because I can't I can't separate Bill Cosby from what he did. Yeah. Like I, I personally can't do that. I, my father still watches the Cosby Show every now and then. He's like, he doesn't know as much as I do. He, he thinks it was only one. Ah, uh, yeah. He yeah. doesn't know. I, I forgive him. But like, I try to go back and listen to things like Bill Cosby himself, or or it's true, it's true, which has the Spanish fly bit, which kind of kind of gave the game uh, away. Oh yeah. And I like I listen to these things, and it's like I can't enjoy them. The way I did when I was younger, because knowing that as soon as he was done on stage, yeah. he was like, like he, I can, yeah. yeah, yeah. There's a couple of jokes on that on that album that I found uh, that I, I I was listening to it and I can't remember the specific wording or whatever. But I was like, oh, oh no, mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah, now I get it. I see. As a matter I, of fact, yeah. One last note on Cosby. Yeah, and I I, I told actually I mentioned this to uh, Josh Goldstein and a couple of other people when I was talking about why I have a hard time listening to him because again, comedians always going to, you know, they're, they're going to, they're going to hero worship, even if they know people are shitty. It's like, you know, well, he's, are you saying he's a bad comedian? He's because he's like, no, no, no. But being a good comedian doesn't excuse bad things. Sure. Here's what Bill Cosby said on one of his albums. It's a very obscure one, but it's called, if you had those, those of you who have children, you will understand. Yeah. Now, Bill Cosby is telling the story. He is telling the audience this story as himself. Ironically, <laughs> he does not have to say anything that he doesn't want to. He can he can make himself look like a hero or a villain. It's his material. Keep yeah. that in mind as I tell you what he said. Okay, he's telling a story about him and his and, and his wife having giving their daughters giving their children to talk. They have four girls and one boy, as 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 he's told us all a million times. Yeah. So you know the girls. He talks about you know helping the girls to you know make sure they're protected. You know be safe, whatever. And then his wife says to him. So are you going to go and talk to our son now? And he says, why would I do that? <laughs> Keep in mind, this is Bill Cosby telling a story from his perspective, yeah. and, and, and he's in control of what he says and what he doesn't say. Why would he say this unless it was either there may be somewhat true? Oh, I'm no. going to continue. I'm going to continue. Right. I'm going to continue. Uh, <laughs> here's, here's what happened. Yeah. Bill, Bill says his wife. Now, he's also t- telling us what his wife said. So he's basically making himself look like a misogynist in this story, but he's telling the story, and, he, and his wife looks like the hero in the story he's telling. Keep that in mind. Yeah. 
So his wife says, well, in case he's going to, in case he decides to go out and try to get a girl into trouble. And he says, well, that's not the boy's problem. And even in the crowd, Wait, he said that. Yes, it's on YouTube. No, it's on, it's on YouTube. Those of you with children, you will understand. And it's on YouTube. You can find it. It's also on the album because it was an album. Yeah. Oh my god! But here's the thing: when he says that, you can hear the audience go, "Oh!" The audience, Bill Cosby's audience, is turning on him in yeah. real time, yeah. audibly on his own album. Yeah. He continues. <laughs> like Doctor Huxable, he said. His wife, and now again, this is Bill Cosby's wife as Bill Cosby's telling it. So again, either Bill Cosby is, is making himself look like an ass, the villain on purpose, or this conversation actually happened. Okay. Bill Cosby's wife, according to Bill Cosby, says, why would you say that? And Bill Cosby says, well, I mean, it's, it's like, it's, it's, how, it's how it is when it comes to, to boys and girls. If you're a girl, it's, you're like a goalie. You got to keep a guy from scoring on you. Oh, man. Oh man! Oh, again, no. again, people! It's on YouTube. Yeah, Look it no, up. No, I'm, I, now, here's no. what Bill Cosby's wife. Again, according to Bill Cosby, <laughs> according to Bill Cosby, this is what his wife said. He, he is, he is, he's, he's telling the story. He, 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 he didn't even stop. The audience is groaning. He doesn't even stop. He keeps going. He said, Bill Cosby's wife said, "Okay, well, that's how you feel." Uh, just know that if, if he gets a girl into some trouble and, and a child comes from that, you're going to be the one to take care of him. So go encourage our son to have big fun on a goal. <laughs> and at that point, Bill Cosby says, all right, I'll go talk to him. Yeah. So only when Bill Cosby realizes that he might be responsible for a child that his son has does he decide that it's worth telling his son to not go take advantage of women. I don't even know where to go from here. <laughs> At that point, I could not. Sep- at that yeah. point, I couldn't separate Bill Cosby from the artist because Bill Cosby, the artist, basically just outed himself as a misogynist by his own choice in front of his own audience. Yeah, I, but a lot of comedians have have terrible jokes like that. They don't. They don't. But go. they're not all Bill Cosby with Bill Cosby's track record. No, that is true. Oh, I, get, I get it now. Bill Cosby's not a good person. Yeah. Oh. And he basically admitted that on stage. Once I heard that bit, I couldn't separate it. Yeah. I'm no. like, oh no, it's too real. Okay. In other news. In a- <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's move on to Louis C.K. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't get my first book show until 2018. Okay. Yeah. And by that point, I was I was ready. Yeah. Like I spent two years again not knowing writing, right, having the writing to match my stage presence. I spent two years trying to figure that out. Uh, All right. Well, what was your process of, of your writing? What was your writing process to get to get to, get to that through that two years? Because uh, a lot of the listeners are are new comedians, right? Ho- hopefully, uh, <laughs> listeners, uh, you know, and they they're always looking for tips on how to how so, to crack that code, so to speak. Well, I wouldn't give them any tips from that period, but right. what, I, what I will say is, see, when I first, well, you can talk about mistakes you made. Yeah, that, 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 that's, that's what I, that's, that's what I would do. Yeah, because when I first started, there was like I was getting advice from a lot of. I was at the Winter Circle for my first eight or nine months before I made it into. I mean, I, again, I didn't know there was a Boston comedy scene. I just knew that there, like, the Winter Circle was all I knew until I met Justin P. Drew, who brought me kind of into Boston. So I'm basically a lot of around a lot of older, you know, veteran types of like, you know, this is how you do it, kid. And, I, and I, I don't know any better, so I'm listening to them. And some of them, not all of them, but the ones I was around more often said, you know, you should you should less punchlines, be more of a storyteller. Now, initially, hmm. less punchlines as a comedian sounded weird. Yeah, but yeah, I'm less. That's not weird. But I'm less than three months in, so I don't know any better. Uh, so that didn't work. And then, <laughs> and then I was on stage, and 
I think Dave Radigan did this deliberately because he knew I was going to have like my own. He, he, he knew I was going to have fun with it. I was on stage at the Winter Circle on election night in 2016. <laughs> now, Dave Radigan had been following what I had been saying online up to that point. And he I, th- I think he deliberately moved me to that because I had I asked for a date later in the month. And he moved me to that date because I think he knew that I was going to I wasn't going to go by any kind of script. If I was going to be on stage on election night, I was going to go off the handle. I was just going to shoot from the hip. And I okay. did. All right. And that was up to that point, the best set I had ever done. Oh, because it was a set that I was actually doing in my own voice, not in a manner that I was being told. And again, the manner I was being told was less, less punchlines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did it. That's the first time I ever spoke in my own, in my own voice, the voice that I would later find yep. in like late 2017. Interesting. So what I did basically was try to build off of that the night that night that I actually saw, it actually worked on, on election night in 2016. I, I took that and I'm like, okay, how does that sound different to everything I've done up to this point that, that wasn't working? And that night I realized that I was I was more of me. Yeah. I was less restrained. I mean, I was restrained to a point, even on stage now, like I'm not I'm more myself than I was then, but if I, I can't be myself completely because who I am in real life, as you can see, is a ball of energy that cannot do comedy <laughs> in a succinct and, and timely enough manner to connect with an audience. I had, I had to slow it down a little bit, yeah, ramp if, it up when needed. Yeah, if you went five minutes, like what you just did with you know the, yeah. uh, the other subject that we were talking about, right. it, Ex- people would be like, what the hell just happened? Exactly. Like there, there needs to be, be a, shocked. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There needed to be a translation yeah. of, from real life to the stage. And again, in real life, naturally, I'm like this. Yeah. But on stage, I needed to be more of this, but not as much. Right. So I spent 2017 trying to find the balance. How do I bring more of myself to this? Because when I brought more of myself to the stage, that worked. Yep. And I noticed that. How do I do more of that, but in a, in, a, in a manner that translates to a performance style? It is a tricky balancing act. It is. Especially when you're naturally energetic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, if you're naturally, if you, if you, if you are Stephen Wright naturally, then all you got to do is say funny things. And, right. you, and you have the pacing down. Right, exactly. I had to find a pacing balance and I had to find a writing that catered to the stage presence that I already had. Yeah. That, and you had to take a breath. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You know, you're not supposed to talk over the laughter and, 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 right, in, in this right. stage. And you also have to make sure that they can hear the funny things you say, which right. that brings me to late 2017. Okay. Because Mike McDonald gave me the best advice I'd ever gotten from anybody at the winner circle. Pretty legendary comedian in the Boston circle mm-hmm. of comedians, I would say. And he gave me the best advice any comedian has ever given me before or since then. He said, Lloyd, people can, people can advise you on whether or not you're funny. People can tell you, can advise you on whether or not you're, 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 you're doing well or not doing well. But no matter what you do up there, whether you suck up there, whether you do great up there, nobody can tell you how to go on stage and do it as yourself. Nobody can tell you how to be you. It's good advice. Once yeah. you figure out who you are, whether you whether you're meant to do this or not, you'll at least be you. Right. But nobody can tell you how to go on stage and do this as yourself. That that clicked. Nice. Yeah. That's good. Because up to that point I was trying to emulate so many other things that I thought comedy was. Yeah. But I had never really, except for that night at the on election night, I had never tried to do comedy completely as myself. And so, 2018 rolls around. I took Sterling Smith's workshop, which is which which Kathy Ferris was also a a frequenter at. And yeah. between the two of them, that's where I learned don't talk over, don't laugh over, don't talk over laughter. Yeah. 
learn to be able to sit in the beat pausing. Yep. Which is something that I, that according to other people I've apparently mastered now. <laughs> I'll get I'll get up I'll get on stage with with the gimmick belt or whatever and people will be reacting before I even say anything. But at the time that that was that wasn't going. Yeah. Like yeah. people would say, "Lord, you're like by this point 2017, late 2017 through 2018, my writing is coming together, but the delivery and cadence wasn't there." Yeah. Kathy Ferris is saying, "Lord, you're you're saying funny things." But they're getting lost because you're not stopping. Right. You right. gotta, you gotta, you gotta slow down. You gotta pace yourself, and you, you, know, you gotta, you, you have the, you have the stage presence, and your writing's gotten a lot better. But you gotta learn to take it in, take it in steps. Yep. Take it in steps. Yeah. Say, say something. Hit the punchline. See if there's any laughter. Let it breathe. Yeah. Yeah. So by the time I got done with her workshop in 2018, that and I, and then I had. Well, so here, here's, here's, how, here's how we got to where I am kind of now. Yeah. Did the workshop. Gave me what I needed as far as, you know, okay, this works, that doesn't, how to. And then Boston Comedy happened. And then I'll, I'll leave it at that. <laughs> For about two months. Made me angry. Made me upset. Wasn't really happy with the, with the scene and things like that. I came back in April of 2018. Did a set at Jack's Cabaret. Sunday, Funday open mic. Uh, back when Penny Osborne was hosting it. Yeah. And I did my first set ever in the incarnation of myself that I am now. Yeah. Where there were there was there was jokes, there was pausing, there was waiting, there was awkward staring into the distance that <laughs> ma- that made people react <laughs> without knowing where it was where, where is this gonna go. That's yeah. fir- it's the first time I ever heard someone say, Where is this going? Because now I hear it all the time. You that never- was the heckle? <laughs> <laughs> yes. And in the in, in in the years since I always hear one of the great things about Lloyd is that you never know where he's gonna go. You don't know where uh, this is going. He makes you want to pay yeah. attention. But that yep. was the first time I ever heard somebody say, I didn't know where that was going. Where is this going? <laughs> but I had come back I, I had written a I had written a set that was tailored to how I was feeling at the time. And I was I just, the set was like it was it was along the lines of I was basically saying F you to Boston Comedy. And 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 I, ironically that set got me over. Yeah. With yeah. Boston Comedy. Because oh. I was like, so imagine I thought Boston Comedy was, was a place where you can have, you know, peace and tranquility apparently i'm stupid af <laughs> here's what i've learned about boston comedy let's call boston comedy a restaurant and if i were to go into this restaurant and i and i ordered uh enough and then <laughs> and then the, the way the, 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 they bring me enough and then they also bring me a side order of enough and then they bring me a little bit of enough on the side of that so what I'm trying to say yeah. is I have had more than enough of Boston comedy. <laughs> <laughs> that was the best set I had ever had up to that point in a comedy mic environment. That was a night that uh, Sarah Francis, who was with me, and Laura Burns, who Laura Burns gave me my first ever show at the Art Lounge in, in, in Arlington. They were both, they came out of there saying, like Sarah Francis said, that wasn't Lloyd we saw up there. And then Laura Burns said, no, no, that, that was Lloyd but with the volume turned up. <laughs> Which is ironically the same way people used to describe the rock and stone cold Steve Austin. <laughs> that was just Dwayne Johnson and Steve Williams with the volume turned up. So having somebody say that, somebody who was not a wrestling fan, by the way, having somebody say that and make that connection was like, all right, this is... This, this is where this is, I hit the sweet spot. This is where you're going. And okay. then two months after that, I got my first show. Nice. And on my way out of the building that night, I got my second show. Beautiful. And I guess the rest is... As they, as they say, history. Yes. And then you're here with us in this... Uh, <laughs> In this dirty basement, <laughs> that that draws people every freaking time I've been here. So don't get this, don't, don't sell yourself in, in, short. River Comics in the first floor of Grayskull Castle. <laughs> Grayskull. <laughs> 
and people come here. Oh, they do. They love it here. Yeah. Because we bring good comedians here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we Or-Orko's do. Orko's going to do a guest set tonight. Who is? Orko. Orko. <laughs> Oh my goodness. That's a hell of a story, man. I mean, that's, and it's a short period of time, too, which is the crazy part. Like, uh, you know, we, most of the people we talk to are within that 10 year range of comedy mm-hmm. and whatnot. And it's always shocking to me, like, how quickly people figure it out and, and how badly, like, once you catch that bug, how much they, how much the people want it, you know? And, and it sounds like you did the same thing. Like, you, you got up there, you had a, Good experience to begin with, and then it kind of trickled out and mm-hmm. petered out and whatnot. But then you finally figured it out. You got into a groove, and then mm-hmm. and now you're having a great time, and you've created a character of, of you know, which is more or less yourself. The theatrically exaggerated version of myself. Yeah, exactly. Is what I call it. And, and it's and it's great to see. It's it's really fun. And that's the other thing I realized is that in that first two year period, I knew I wasn't ready. Yeah. And that's why I didn't. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, didn't try. Like I didn't try to go for any bookings. And that's something I've noticed now. People are like, if I don't get a, if I don't get an hour special in six months, I'm done. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so what are you thinking? In six months, like you, you barely get your feet wet. Exactly. And I'm like, and even though I have a certain standard of to what what I think is funny, yeah. and again, I think a lot of things are funny because I, I I'm I'm a fan more than I am right. you know more than a lot of comics are. I'll laugh at things that most comics won't because I'm a fan. Right. But even to my standard of what people think are is funny. I try not to be a people come to me for advice and tips and, and, and on comedy, which is weird. Yeah. And I'm always like, okay, here's my experience. This isn't how you do it. Right. Cause I, I've heard that before. Right. This isn't how you do it. This is how, where I've been. But what I will say for myself versus other people is that I notice people feel like if they're not getting booked, they're not succeeding. Yeah. And I realize if I felt like that, Two years. Again, I was doing it for two years before I even got one show. Right. If I had the attitude of if I don't get my first hour in six months or if I don't get a book show within a year, then I failed, I wouldn't be here. No, exactly. Right. 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 But I feel like you have to I, – I had to be ready. If I had gotten my first opportunity, which is your first impression, right? Uh, while I was doing Twitter jokes <laughs> – <laughs> it wouldn't have gone well. It wouldn't well. have gone well. No. And I felt better for having waited two years. Because, again, in 2018, from that first show, I got 30 shows that year. Wow. I did 79 the next year. I, got, I did 40 shows during the, in the year that we shall not speak of. <laughs> yeah. I did 67 or 68 shows in 2021. And so far this year, I've, I'm, I'm approaching, like, almost 40. And we're only in April. Exactly. That's pretty so, if, but I'm like, if I had the mentality of, if I don't get my first show my first year, then I'm going to quit. Yeah. It's like, if I didn't have my first show when I did, I probably wouldn't be considered good enough mm-hmm. for anything I've accomplished since. You are, you are a positive energy kind of guy, though, aren't you? I mean, like, I try. <laughs> so, like, do you, I mean, you, you might be the, the person that doesn't get discouraged ever. I mean, do you, at what point did you get discouraged, if at all, ever? I no. think the reason why I don't get discouraged when it comes to comedy is because I don't really compare what I'm doing to what anybody else is doing. Yeah. Which is hard to do. Like, I'm oh, not for sure. I, I don't mean to like, especially demi- in a scene like Boston. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't say that to, you know, cause I know that's a lot, a lot of comics deal with that. I don't, I don't mean to exalt myself or, or diminish people who deal with that. Cause it, it can be hard to do, yeah. but I won. And here's if Sarah Martin ever hears this. She'll know what I mean. I don't care about my stage time as much as I care about quality comedy on stages. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, that's, that's really something. Good. That's something that I've been. I've been. 
I say that because Sarah Martin had to sit me down in for an hour in Worcester before she left to go to, to the West Coast. And she, the, 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 that entire hour was basically her telling me that I'm too unselfish. <laughs> you are such a great comedian. You're a great comedian who's only going to get better. Yeah. But you spend so much time advocating for this person and advocating for that person and trying to help out this person and trying to get this person seen. But you don't advocate for yourself. Which she was not wrong about. Right. Like she, I'm yeah. not saying she was wrong. And, and the, fact that, the fact that Sarah Martin, someone who I will, she's pretty good. Who I, I, will, I will die and never be as good as she is, in my opinion. The yeah. fact that she's pulling me aside and telling me that I'm not advocating for, my, for as good as I am as a performer, that meant a lot. But if she noticed that I, that, that's, that's my barometer. Yeah. She noticed that I was spending more time focused on the scene thriving than I was trying to get on shows. Mm. And because of that, I can't get discouraged. Right. Because okay. there's no, Good. there's no, like, there's no, there's no, if I don't accomplish this or if I, this doesn't happen, then I, then I don't want it. Like, there is none of that. Like, if I, if I, I did 79 in 2009, if I did, if I did four right. and they were good, I'd be all right with that. Fine. Yeah. If, I, if, if I did, like, because some people do a lot more than that. Some people do 200, like, shows a year and that, that's great. I don't know how they breathe, but, you know, that's, <laughs> That's wonderful. I'm like, I'd rather have 79 good shows than 200 shows and only 79 of them were good. Right. So because I'm a fan first, I don't get discouraged because one, what I'm doing is it's, it, I don't want to be a star. So I don't, I don't approach this the same way that a lot of other people do. And there is nothing that I cannot accomplish that will make me feel like I'm a failure if I don't get there. Right. If, I, okay. if, I'm, if, if I'm doing this, if I'm, if I'm a traveling comedian doing local shows like here. I did my first show in New York at the end of March. Nice. I'm trying to branch out a little bit more, but if I, if I never make it to a status where I'm on, on Netflix, yeah. if, I'm not a head, if I'm not a headliner in two years or whatever, yeah. if, I'm just, if I'm doing things like being the feature in the middle of the card, 10 to 15, 20 minutes for the person that's going to bring it home, if I'm just doing that from now, and I mean, you always want to get better at what you're doing. Right. Like I want to become better as a comic. But if the position that I'm in hasn't skyrocketed beyond belief by 2023, I'm not going to call it quits. Right. Yeah. And because of that, I can't be discouraged by any ceiling I don't reach. Nice. You, you live by the uh, adage that the rising tide lifts all boats. Mm-hmm. Yep. And again, that's I like that. I, I just rather see, I mean, there's a, a lot of times I'll, I'll watch, I just want him to be in the building. Yeah. You know, sure. like, yeah. like there was a time where I didn't even know if I was going to live to see tomorrow. So like being a part of something like this is not something I ever thought I would even have the opportunity to do. And yeah. to think that I'm entitled to anything yeah. is a bit above my, not, 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 not above my pay grade, but above my, above my attitude grade. Because for people who, I see so many shows, some of them are really good and some of them are just like, oh, well, there's a white guy that started off talking about women being the problem. That's that one in the room over, surely. And then here, here comes another guy that says, you know, hey, let's Biden and Trump. How about it? And I'm like, yeah, that's sol sol solid shit. And then there's then the third guy is a third guy is a dick, dick joke generator that I found on AOL five years ago. And then the, the fourth guy is a person who's going to come up here and tell us that, you know, we need to respect the flag and, and then walk off stage because that's the punchline. And then there's another person who's going to and like you've been to a lot bad open mics <laughs> yes 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 and it's like when i look at comedy as a as a whole because not everybody can be on every single card in the country every single night right so if i'm not on a card on any given night i at least want to know that whoever is on whatever audiences are going to see comedy that they're going to see a good show yeah 
And a lot of my focus since I've been here has been towards that end. I just want people who are talented to get opportunities so that when people go to see shows, they see good shows. And if I'm not on a card at the comedy studio or here or in, in Cape or wherever, at least I know that whoever went to the comedy studio, whoever went to Craft Brew, whoever went to, you know, to Alchemy, whoever went to anywhere, at least I know they're going to get a good show. Right. Now, I as one person can't make that happen completely, but that has been my goal more than getting on shows. Beautiful. That's good. That's a great goal. Yeah. Awesome. I wish we had better goals like that. <laughs> <laughs> no, we do. I think we, I think we definitely are in that same uh, uh, vein, same thought process of, as that. We just want to have. We just want to put on good shows. Mm-hmm. We love. We love doing comedy. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Oh, Making man. a room full of people laugh and sit in the back and just like, oh yeah, we have to take it. Oh in. yeah. Oh yeah. And not being on stage every night also gives you a chance to do things like write. Yeah. And and sleep and yeah. and, 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 proper, to, and properly nourish yeah. and go to therapy if that's what you have, which yeah. I do, and take your medication, which I have, and yeah. you know, and you know, have uh, self care. Exactly. Yeah. Right. You know, not being on stage every night on every show when you when you're when you have either nothing to say or don't have the energy to do it. There are other things you can do. That's right. <laughs> like you know, performing in, in front of a bunch of bikers in New Hampshire, as Michael Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> I'll keep that in mind. Yeah. We got to go check that out. Yeah, if you teach me how to moonwalk, I'm all over that. Nice. <laughs> all right, uh, Lloyd. Thank you very much. Uh, if you or if you're familiar with our podcast, we like to end their interviews with a segment we call "Curse the Darkness." Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure you're capable of complaining about anything, but. Um, <laughs> so the idiom goes, I'd rather light a candle than curse the darkness. So like it means like, you know, do something about your problems instead of just complaining about it. Mm-hmm. So we like, uh, if you think you possibly could, actually complain about something that you don't plan on burning any calories to, to fix. <laughs> um, yeah, that's a good, that, that, I actually was, I was, actually was considering that because I, I don't even know, I don't even know if I could, if I can, if I could n- narrow it down to that wording. I'd rather light a candle than, yeah. Um, but something to complain about. Yeah. Yeah. That you're not going to fix. Because you fix a lot of things, it seems like. Yeah. I, I, you try I, to. I, I do my best. But <laughs> I, I, I see that it's going to take more than me and a hundred like me. <laughs> um, army of Lloyd. Like, army of Lloyd. <laughs> <laughs> for, for better and for worse, I think one of me is enough. <laughs> Although some people would disagree. Before I answer that question, there was one person on Facebook who said in 2015, his name is Vincent Olmos, and he said, we need a Lloyd legacy in every state. <laughs> oh. That way there's 50 legacies out there doing the good work. That, 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 that post uh, is actually on Facebook. It's, it comes up nothing my, wrong with that. It comes yeah. up in my memories every year, and I'm like, well, it would make getting around easier. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where the gene, I don't know where the gene therapists are. You on can that. complain about getting your car stolen out of Dorchester. <laughs> if there's anything I could complain about, uh, I know something I could complain about that, that I'm that I that I had that I'm unable to fix. I'm going to say that I'm going to modify the rules. Something that I That's unable fine. because I don't know about I don't know anything that I don't like that I have not tried to fix at some point or at least made an effort to not add to as a problem. Yeah, I get it. Okay. Uh, I don't like men very much. <laughs> oh. Wait a minute. Now, now, <laughs> now, now, before anybody goes on, oh, cancel Lloyd. He doesn't like men. Get Tucker Carlson on this guy. No, here's the thing. <laughs> that's, that's our go-to. We, we're going to bring Tucker Carlson. Yeah, we're going to we're, 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 we're have him make, look, make a man. He out in Maine. We're, we're, we're going to have him make a man out of Lloyd. No, here's the thing. <laughs> uh, my, if, you know what? I'll, 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 I'll center it into comedy. Sure. I'll, I'll tie it to. I don't like 
creepy, exploitive, uh, harassing, bordering on more than <laughs> just harassing male entities and power in the comedy community. Mm-hmm. And I will not do anything to fix it because I've already done everything that I can and I know that it won't be fixed by just me. So it's not that I won't fix it, but I know that just me won't fix it. So no matter what I do to not add to it, it won't be fixed by anything that I do. I'm with you there. If we have 49 other Lloyds, (laughs) yeah, maybe they got to be be keeping watch over some of these people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, It gets uh, I I, I, I can complain about that, and and I will for forever or until I'm dead, whatever comes first. No, I I believe you there, and and I and I'm with you there, and uh, I think uh, present company included, right. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was gonna say, no, no. I, I, yeah, yeah. it was like no. I, 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 I'm all. Leonard's all about whatever makes them. If it worked for Cosby, it could work for me. Like, no, no, don't, don't do it. Don't I just wanted you to it. finish the sentence. I, I wasn't. No, I'll, I'll edit out no. that awkward pause. No, no, no. I just. It, I, just uh, I was trying know. not to talk over you, but yes, Nick, I agree. <laughs> Very definitive. Um, no, it's a, it's a, it's tough to watch sometimes. So, it I mean, is. No, I agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, the business side of comedy. Yeah. Part of the business. I love the art form, hate the business. That's a, you know, in general, but like that side of the business is unnecessary. Yeah. Because the business is necessary to a degree, even if we don't like it. Yeah. But that part of the business does not need to be. It always has been. I know. It always, unfortunately, will be, but it's, it's the one part that's not necessary. Right. Booking, which is a nightmare in itself, as you two know. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, 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 <laughs> It's it's a, it's terrible. It's terrible. Can we just stop talking about booking? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's terrible but necessary. Yeah. Venue dealing with venues terrible but necessary. Yeah. Dealing with comedians terrible but necessary. <laughs> that shit terrible and not necessary. Correct. It does not contribute to anything going on here at all. Hundred percent. Right. All right. That's my opinion. We like it. We love it. Bill Cosby would disagree, but I don't care. <laughs> He's not here. <laughs> Just One we parting had... shot. <laughs> <laughs> Just when we thought it was safe. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Lloyd, for being on our podcast. Yes, Thank, thank you, you for being so on much. our shows. Oh, we wow. really appreciate you. This is fun. Thank you for having me on here, and thank you for letting me do uh, this room so often. You're welcome. Oh, love to have you. Our pleasure. It's it's been great. <laughs> Can't wait. By the way, if you're listening to this, uh, we're we've we're about we were we are about to have just we, you're going to hear this after the show's over. Yeah, but yeah, uh, sure. we have we are about to have just been done a comedy show. So you should come here every Friday and Saturday to Crab Brew Underground if you're looking for some fun in Maine. Excellent. Beautiful. Well done. It was almost like it was on a script. (laughs) (laughs) Give us that printout back. Thank you. (laughs) Thanks, Lloyd. Thank you very much, Lloyd. Thank you. Lloyd, Legacy Sharp, everyone. Hey, everyone. Thanks so much for listening. That was Lloyd, Legacy Sharp. Uh, a friend of the River Comics and a friend of comedy in general. Um, really enjoyed having him on and uh, getting a chance to know him better. Yes, his sincere energy is like it's really incredible. I really enjoy having him on. Yeah, he's something else. And if you have a chance to check him out, uh, you know, look for him on social media, Instagram, you know, Facebook, TikTok, TikTok, or whatever else he has. You know, just just query query him up, and you'll find him. Uh, pretty quickly he's uh he's quite pro- prolific on the social media and um you know a fun guy to be around so anyway 
I was killing time because then I couldn't find his sheet. Indeed. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Hurry before your phone shuts off again. Oh, Oh, no. Leonard's joking. So anyway, Lloyd is such a nice guy. And uh, I really wish he could be on every show that we have. And I hope Leonard's on another show someday after he gets out of the hospital. Thanks to everyone who listened. Tell your friends and follow Comedy Think Tanked wherever you can. Be sure to give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Find us on Instagram at Comedy Think Tanked, Twitter at Comedy Tanked, and our website, ComedyThinkTanked.com. Email us at ComedyThinkTanked at gmail.com. Good day. Perfect. Music was written and produced by a minor, Ralph Bergfeld. No comedians were hurt in the production of this podcast. All audio snippets of actual funny punchlines were not written or performed by any of us or our subsidiaries. Rather, they are express written bits of professionals we admire. Let the civil actions be filed. Any opinion heard, actual or implied, is that of the comedy think tank producers and their guests. Any slight, insult, affront, slur, disparaging remark, snub, rebuff, rejection, or spurning, no matter how derogatory, pejorative, or abusive you may feel it is, was not intended, but for comedic, entertaining purposes only. Thanks for listening. I don't care about my stage time as much as I care about quality comedy on stages.